to all my ladies in the place needing rest and grace. Won't you siesta with me? It's a sister's siesta where real professionals rest. Let's go. Hey, it's Jazz, and we are back with A Sister Siesta, the podcast. So I figured that I'd start with a story, and I probably will be doing that for the subsequent episodes because A, um, I'm a really great storyteller. (laughs) So I've been told by um, a few of my friends and family members, but also I do believe that in our connectivity, stories help the help it stay um, relevant, and also they help they help the lesson stick to you. And so, even for myself, like as I'm preparing for a lot of speaking engagements that I've been booked for, which I'm so excited about, and you guys will be seeing that across your newsfeed, or if you're attending some of these conferences. I'm learning that stories are the best way to captivate your audience and to also increase relatability because overall, it's just helped me to know that I'm not alone in a lot of my experiences. So if you can, just think about a time where you've accepted an offer to a position that you believed aligned with your life at the time, you know, the season of your life. And you met with the person that you'd be reporting into and you didn't even apply to this job. They actually sent you a message on LinkedIn and reached out to you. Well, in a nutshell, that's what happened to me. But it was 2000, 2000 and 14, I was on a contract with the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, um, and I had been doing some work for them for some time, and I remember being fed up with the position, and I shot off this email to my husband, like, this place is driving me nuts, I don't think I can stay here. You know, all of the things that you do and say when you're just at your wit's end. And my sweet husband, he's so sweet. He was like, hey, let's just talk about it. You know, after work, you know, don't even worry about dinner. I'll just pick something up. I am an Aries through and through, but I'm working on that because I don't believe we can blame things on zodiac signs, right? There is some truth there, but honestly, Maturity and growth have gotten me to a place where I'm not as impulsive as they say most Aries are. But I remember not even being satisfied with that answer that my husband gave me. So I got up from my desk and I remember putting on my my little blazer and doing a beeline to the director of talent acquisitions office at the time. 
It was this white guy from Chicago. He really proud was proud of himself for being an in-your-face, loudmouth type of leader who told the truth and was a straight shooter. And, you know, in most situations, I really enjoy those types of personalities because I was cultivated by those personalities. You know, the women in my family were or are the same exact way. And so under their tutelage and even the for, the formative years of my life, I'm used to confrontation or confrontational personalities that are very direct, loud, and in your face. So I wasn't I wasn't intimidated, right, or afraid. But I think that this was his his stance or that's what he wanted people to feel when he was around. But here comes Jasmine Fortz. <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of us women, black women in particular, are are um, are, are cited for um, kind of having the rebuttals or clapbacks, if you will. Um, you know, growing up, I was definitely the black girl that clapped back. Um, but now, not so much. I just let you say whatever you need to say, and there's a lot of peace in that for me. I don't have a clap back, and I'm not clapping my hands, rolling, rolling my neck, any of that, sucking my teeth. I just walk away. But on that day, y'all, he had to feel me. So as I'm making this beeline to his office, I'm adjusting my pencil skirt and I'm stomping in my Sam Edelman heels. I remember those. Ooh, so cute. And I knock on his door and I say, excuse me, not going to say his name. And he looks up and he's like, hey, Jasmine, come on in. And I sit down and immediately my head started to get hot. And I look across and just see him kind of smug because he knew how the toxicity and anxiousness and confrontation that was coming from his office spewed onto the other offices in our environment. And even though I proud myself, take pride on being able to, or what I thought, manage those types of bosses, in that moment I realized, nah, He was getting to me. And even though I was calm on the outside and put together as well, I was unraveling like a lot of those other employees (laughs) in their offices, but too afraid to speak up. So here I was. In my mind, I was like, okay, Jasmine, are you going to just quit and tell him about himself? You know, kind of the clapback. Or were you going to be the professional were you going to just talk through some of the issues that you were having and hearing out, hearing about at the water cooler? What what was your what was your end goal, Jasmine? Ciao. As soon as I could even just get through halfway through that question myself, the word diarrhea was coming out of my mouth, and I was telling Mister So and So what he can do with that job <laughs> and where he could shove it. <laughs> And I wasn't, I wasn't um, afraid at all. I wasn't, I was very, you know, when you get afraid sometimes or you get a little nervous, your voice kind of quivers and your hands get palmy, um, sweaty, you know, and, and you just are all over the place. Well, that wasn't me in that moment. In that moment, it was like a clear 
razor sharp vision straight eye to eye with this gentleman and it was just a spotlight on him and all around him was just the framing of just you know darkness in a sense like literally if we were in a theater and he was standing on the stage it was a spotlight and I was gunning for his ass okay (laughs) and he I think it took him probably about a smooth 15 seconds before he realized what was going on because I didn't come in with that energy um I came in really what I thought was was to talk but I, I did I did let the the history of emotion and the history of toxicity get to me in that moment and it spewed out. And him and I had a shouting match and he stood up over me and I stood up and I remember very specifically saying, if you are going to stand up, what the hell you think I'ma do still sitting down? Oh my gosh. In my mind, I said, oh God, I said hell at work. <laughs> you guys, it was very dramatic. And I remember telling him, you know what? I'm not even giving a notice. Today is my last day. And I opened that door and I can see people peeking out. I don't think I realized how loud him and I had gotten in our heated exchange. I left that laptop there, I packed up my things, and I felt good. I felt great. And I can see, you know, people kind of peeking out from their doors, some folks coming out from their cubicles. Two of my work friends were like high-fiving me, and everybody was so proud. They were pinging each other. Did you hear, Jasmine? You know, in that moment, I was a workplace hero. I grabbed all my things, my purse, and I walked out the front doors. And I was like, oh shit, what am I going to tell my husband? (laughs) (sighs) Have you ever had an experience like that? Whether it was tumultuous like that or a little bit more peaceful where you gave your notice, whether it was immediate or you gave a two week or a 30 day. How did you feel? You know, when you plan for things, it does give it does quiet your anxiety and your overwhelm. And I remember reading when if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And in that moment, I realized that not only was I planning to fail, but I was doing a disservice to my family. And I directly went against what my husband had talked about. Now, I know there's a bunch of back and forth online and everywhere about submitting to your husband and all of that, but that's not what we're going to talk about here. You know, I I do listen to my husband, but my husband listens to me too. And I like to think of it as a partnership. So I respect a lot of what he says and vice versa. So as I was pulling off the parking lot and going home, that's when the anxiousness set in and my nerves got a little bad and I cried. I was driving down south, you know, south down 75 to our home. And we'd probably been 
what, about six years into our marriage, which I guess can be a little bit of time for some folks, but not for us because we just know we're going to be married forever, right? So it still felt like we were babies in our marriage. And I got into the house and I, I, before I could pull up into the driveway, I knew that I needed to stop crying because I didn't want to first admit that I was wrong immediately. But second, I wanted to show resolute in my decision to quit that day. And third, I just knew that if I cried, (laughs) my tears would soften my husband and I knew I didn't deserve his grace at that moment, (laughs) if I'm being honest. And, you know, we went through dinner and I said, I didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to wait till, you know, we put the kids to bed and that evening, um, you know, we were getting ready and he was like, hey, you're not, you know, getting ready for tomorrow. And then I told him, he sat on the edge of the bed and he was like, all right. He immediately went into rescue mode because that's what he likes to do for me. Okay, how much do we have in savings? Okay, what did you spend? What are your, what are the, okay, da, 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 da. What are, what are you planning to do the next couple of months? Cause you know, I'm a very social, I was a very social butterfly. He's like, okay, I'm going to pull up the spreadsheet and look at our finances because, you know, he's in finance and he's, he's very great at budgeting and um, responsible that way. And at the time I wasn't. <laughs> um, and immediately I, I just sat on the bed and sobbed like that belly sob. And I was like, you know, I should have, I should have been better about this. I should have been more strategic. I know I know about strategy. I do this at work. And so I wanted to talk to you all about the five, the five core elements of an exit strategy that I talk about in my e, my e-workbook online. It's, it's about, I forget, it's about 40 some odd pages of strategy and worksheets for um, an exit strategy and using FMLA to take a break. But I think it's helpful because as we're entering out of a pandemic or whatever this is, y'all, post-pandemic, I don't know, and we're aligning with things that are valuable to us and we're deciding what the pillars of our life looks like, I know coming up that I am going to be making a move to step away from my job, but not like I did some eight years ago. (laughs) Um, With experience comes wisdom and with wisdom comes practice. So I believe in practicing all the things that I profess. And so with this exit strategy, it's, it's calmed my anxiety, but most of all, it's given me rest because what good does it do to walk from opportunities when you don't have income opportunities or prospects of any of those things <laughs> coming in. Now, I know people say that they're going to jump jump off, you know, jump off the ledge and test their faith and I I give kudos to those people. I still think in remain in the the school of thought that faith without works is dead. So you'll never see me jump out a window saying faith made me do it without a parachute still um, God gives us free will but I really think 
that he he wants us to use our experience and the wisdom too within <laughs> within really great parameters of being um, humans and humans that have a propensity to learn from past mistakes. So my past mistake has really taught me <laughs> that an exit strategy is beneficial. So the first thing that I that I do is I make a detailed statement about what my objectives are, um, what what goals I may have, and what is my exact end date. This is important, you know, not not pushing the end date back, but also making a realistic one. When you write it down, it becomes real, and then you do have to begin doing the work to get to that to that date, right? So it's not a um, it's not like a pie in the sky thing. It's not smoke and mirrors. It's like you are committing to this date to say you are walking away. And so to get to this date, these are the milestones or the steps that I need to do to get there. And so the objectives that I've laid out for myself, you know, for example, have been, okay, my end date is XYZ. Give yourself 30 days to rest before looking for a new opportunity. Give yourself a week to do absolutely nothing. Another objective could be look at opportunities that are just part-time. Or maybe your objective is to go into contracting. These are just some examples of objectives um, or some terms that you can give yourself as you're making your your exit strategy. Because I think it helps to have a foundation and a core element of what you're moving to. The next is do an assessment of yourself and of the work environment or situation, coworkers, boss that you left. Assessing these things definitely help you understand what you do not want or what you do want going forward. You know, I always thought that every every position that I that I landed, I wanted a black woman leader. And I'm here to tell you, not so much. <laughs> I love my sisters, I do, because we're a reflection of each other, but I understand now there are other nuances in that, you know, generational um, family type, personality type, all these things that matter when I should have known better, right? None of us are a monolithic, but I always thought that, hey, if I could just have a black woman boss, it would be all right. My experience has uh, said otherwise, so that's all I'm going to say on that. But assessing all of the external elements have helped, but also assessing myself. And I think that's where I've gotten to a point where I'm not really a clapback person because who does that serve? You know, you always see really witty, snappy comments on like Twitter or LinkedIn of, you know, a boss telling a young woman something and then she has a snapback that is that is so profound or just so like, gotcha, gotcha. And in that moment, you feel good, but I'm someone now where I am of a certain age and a certain peace practice where I don't care what you have to say to the point where I am stepping off my square to really give you an attitude 
raise my voice, or change the energy around me. There are times where you do have to confront things fire with fire, but I will say for me, it's a, it's in a way where I can walk away knowing that whatever I said needed to be said and without the emotion and feeling like, ha, I gotcha. It's really just saying my piece, literally, and walking away. And so that has really changed for me. And through self-assessing in different opportunities, I noticed that has gotten calmer for me. And it's really helped me keep my peace intact, but also, I would say, my mental health and my network, professional network. But if that's not of importance to you, you know, plan accordingly. And it's not a piece, it's not even a piece on respectability politics. It's just literally about my peace. <laughs> I could care, I could care less. So yeah, that's the second element. Assessing yourself as you're walking away from the opportunity, like doing a lot of assessing, being honest, brutally honest, and assessing the external people, leaders, the mission of the organization, the environment, all of those things helps you understand a lot of pieces of what you need going forward as you're exit, exiting this current opportunity. The third is your, your readiness for the next opportunity. So a lot of this will come from your self-assessing, right? For me, as I'm assessing, I'm like, you know, I am someone that is that is very good at working by herself in the sense that I, I have an entrepreneurial spirit, which means I don't need a team to motivate me. I don't need other people to motivate me. I can start things by myself and be good at doing that. However, I'm not of the entrepreneurial mindset of what we see nowadays where you have to have an email list and a website and visibility and these very glossy beautiful pictures those are great and good but that's not that's not something I want to do and which is ironic right because you're listening to my podcast and you've probably been on my website but what I mean is that after I learned that about myself I understood that maybe being a contractor or really leaning into consultant work is maybe something I want to look at long term, right? Also, the readiness part of that means if that opportunity presented itself, how ready would I be to take it on? Could I say yes? I could, but there are a few things that I'd like to make myself more ready. (laughs) If that's a word, yeah, more ready. Well, y'all get what I'm saying. There are some other things that I would like to do to make my readiness factor um, one that opens my opportunities and makes me more available to things. So for me and my personality, that helps with the, the faith without works, right? Like I have faith, but I am doing the work to understand at a steady pace These are the certificates that I need, or these are the classes that I need, the training. And I've seen my readiness increase, and I'm so proud of that. But also with that 
readiness increase, I've seen my anxiety decrease because now I'm feeling less and less of someone that is just talking the talk, but really someone walking the walk. So I guess that leads into that imposter syndrome too, like really combating that. And I can tell you, boy, the piece in that is like really great because I am who I say I am. Okay. Okay. The next is that you look at the opportunities that literally increase your either, you know, I'm not even going to say financial value. I'm just going to say value, whether it's financial for you or mental or emotional. You start doing the work in this strategy to look at the opportunities that make sense, that increase whatever you're looking to increase in your life after you've done the self-assessment. So maybe after the assessment or the external assessment that you've done, you're looking to increase peace, you're looking to increase time, or you're looking to increase finances. So if I'm looking to create uh, increase time, maybe I'm looking for a part-time job. So I have more time outside of work to do other things that I love. If I'm looking to increase peace, maybe I'm looking at opportunities that align with the values of my life, like family, spirituality, volunteerism, um, social responsibility, different things like that. That creates peace for sure. Maybe the increase in finance, financial gain. So you start looking at opportunities based off of the money that they're, they're presenting and you compete for those. You're looking at the opportunities to increase whatever you're looking to have, right? And that's a big part of the strategy because you don't want to fall back into the same rut and be in the office yelling at Mr. So-and-so again (laughs) that you about to leave. (laughs) That That is not the move. And then the fifth is looking at your timeline from the date that you said you're you know, that you're walking away to the absolute final date that you need to be maybe back in earning income or nah, I'm going to say earning income, y'all. I'm going to keep it real with you because we do live in a society where you need money. And I hate when folks try to play like money doesn't matter. It absolutely does. It does. When they say the best things in life are free, I agree, but money definitely makes it easier to be happy, in my opinion. Argue with your mama, I told you. I'm not going back and forth with anybody. So that's what I that's what I believe. And from the past experience and the one specifically that I told you about, this is where I get that that feeling from where money does make things easier the pit of my stomach dropped to the balls of my feet having to sit there with my husband and look at a budget because I was too hot-headed and I needed to clap back before having a strategy to keep my income intact who does that a foolish person and you know what I'm not a fool and you aren't either you know why because you're listening to me (laughs) So so I know you're smart you're intelligent But those five keys, giving yourself a detailed statement of your objectives and your end date, having an assessment of yourself and external um, forces, you know, boss, co-workers, environment, culture, all of that, giving yourself 
the opportunity to be ready for the next opportunity? What does that readiness look like for you? Making sure that you have understood what what trainings that you need. Then the next is understanding the opportunities that you need to align with to increase whatever you're looking to increase in your life. And the fifth, like I said, is understanding that timeline afterwards. So you're really clear on when you should be signing on someone's dotted line to say, yes, I accept this opportunity and I'm and I'm back in it. You know, strategy is definitely strategy is definitely the way the, the way that makes life easier, I would say, right? Even when you think about the the game of chess or any board game, the game of life even, right? When you're playing that, we were playing that as a family and the strategy that you need just to be able to make a certain amount of money, <laughs> it, it matters. And, and, it, and in real life, it does matter. So I hope these notes help you. It went a little longer than I anticipated, but I felt like it was important to say because a lot of us are thinking about leaving our jobs. You know, we're, we're coming into a new chapter post-COVID. I know there's going to be a lot of case studies about what we just went through the last two years. And a lot of us are moms of multiple children or we're new moms or you're thinking about come, becoming a mom. And I think it's important for you to know your opera. Well, I think it's important for you to operate to know there's opportunities out there, but I want us to be responsible before we jump off the ledge um, and just say, God made me do it because I don't believe that he's a God of chaos. (laughs) And I don't believe he wants you struggling either. So that's what I'm going to say. Until next time, siesta with me.